3: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and put this all in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. When will the pain stop? And that's all anyone really wants to know after an agonizing day, another agonizing day, where the Dow plunged 767 points. It was actually worse at one point. The S&P plummeted 2.98 percent, and then Nasdaq noticed died 3.47, all that technology in there. And this is because of China's latest move to retaliate against Trump by turning the trade war, into a much-feared currency war. Oh, we had some big milestones today. Milestones that make me want to call the bottom. Now, in most other markets, that's be exactly what I'm doing. But in this market, I think we need to be a little more cautious, especially because I fear an up-opening tomorrow that will suck people in, only revisit the lows we saw today and then some, and I'm not going to let that happen on my watch. We've reached a level where the downside-volume-to-upside ratio was 10 to 1. Now, at 10 to 1, the late, great Mark Haynes always said you had to buy something. You had to buy something. You had to buy anything, or you'll regret it. Remember, he did call the Haynes bottom. It was a 10 to 1 call. I agree with the late Mr. Haynes. We've seen all kinds of stocks get thrown out, even though they have nothing to do with China. We're listening to all kinds of crazy theories about what could happen next in the trade war. People are beyond fearful. They are outright defeatists, and defeatism means they sell stocks. I am not a defeatist. I don't even like the talk. Isn't this exactly the kind of panic where you're supposed to buy stocks hand over fist? Not so fast. On the one hand, I do think you need to start putting money to work tomorrow, not at the opening. See what happens. Wait till it's down. On the other hand, I'm hesitant to tell you buy stocks aggressively. You need to be a little cautious. You need to be patient. Well, it certainly paid off so far, didn't it? Why? Because we've got a strange brew of positives and negatives here. So let's take them one by one, and we're going to start with the negatives. And then we'll finish with the positives. I like that. First, where the heck are the stock downgrades? Where are the sweeping negatives from the big strategists? Where are the number cuts off the yuan devaluation? We're waiting for the other shoe to drop here. I'm betting many analysts who were paralyzed today will come out of their foxholes tomorrow. Now, some will reiterate their buy calls. Easy to do at these lower levels. But others will be anxious to turn tail especially when the stocks in question are still up huge and they can get out of dodge without really hurting themselves. You want to know why I'm not pounding the table here and saying, you know, let's just pick one, let's pick the obvious, let's pick Apple. Looming downgrades. With all the trade turmoil, many analysts want to cut numbers, even after they just reported that spectacular number recently. After all, Trump's latest tariffs do directly impact the cost of the iPhone. Sure, people love Apple's products, so maybe a 10% tax won't be that big a deal. Who knows what gets passed on and who wasn't? What, what is it? But you better believe it means something. I wish the White House would give Apple an exemption, because by slapping a tariff on the iPhone, they're just making Apple's Korean and Taiwanese rivals more competitive. Hey, make Samsung great again? The administration doesn't care. They don't think like I do. Uh, They want Apple out of China, period, now. End of story. So we need to see estimate cuts, price target cuts, and outright downgrades before we can get bullish on Apple or anyone else that's caught in the actual crosshairs of the trade war. The second big negative, Hong Kong. People are ignoring this. How can you ignore these images? Pro-democracy protesters have shut down the city. There's a general strike. They've turned violent. They're fighting running battles with police in the streets. It's been nine weekends in a row. How long can the Chinese government let this go on? we spent a lot of time talking about how... President Xi can't afford to look weak in the trade negotiations? I think he'll feel compelled to crack down on Hong Kong for the same reason. Maybe he goes full Tiananmen Square on the city. If he sends in the People's Liberation Army, you better believe our stock market's going to get hit again. That doesn't mean we give up on stocks, but it does mean we've got to be a little more cautious. Third negative, President Trump really does smell blood in the water here. He thinks he has the Chinese government on the run. You know I think the trade war is justified, but Trump keeps getting increasingly inflammatory. The more he ratchets up the tension, the more stocks will indeed come down. And he's willing to accept that. Again, I agree that it's time to take on the Chinese. I just wish it weren't by angry tweets. Now, I have it on pretty good authority that the president wants all the tariffs on Chinese imports at 25% instead of just some on 10 and some on 25. As he sees it, higher tariffs give us more leverage. So after this new duty, 10% import duty, uh, goes into effect on September 1, I'm betting we'll see another round of tariff hikes. And that's especially true now that China's playing hardball, letting its currency drift lower versus the dollar to offset the impact of the tariffs. Now, it's easier to raise tariffs on all goods to 25, and then hold out the olive branch of cuts back to 10, if the Chinese offer to change the ways and mean it. Fourth, I think the Chinese government has misread the political situation here in America. Totally misread it. They want to wait Trump out and make a deal with a more friendly Democratic administration. But that depends on who the Democrats nominate. Elizabeth Warren's in second place in a number of polls, tops in Iowa. And if you read her position paper, she's even tougher on the Chinese than Trump is. Final reason to be cautious, the technicals. Even after today's brutal breakdown, we still aren't actually oversold. The averages have been flying so high for so long, now we're just taking out a lot of levels of the downside, which means there's no real natural place to land. I'm waiting for the proprietary S&P oscillator that I pay for, and I followed, to hit minus 5. That's a classic sign that we've come down too far too fast. But we aren't there yet. In fact, we're really at minus 2.7. That's not good. So, if we're waiting for all these shoes to drop, why even bother to try pick stocks at all? Why am I still saying you should get involved and start buying tomorrow? Simple. Because bond yields, which everyone saying, say, ooh, I'm so scared, they've plummeted. Right now, the benchmark 10-year treasury is giving you a 1.73% return. If you're an investor who wants income, and a lot of people do, dividend stocks are pretty much the only game in town. So, there's a whole cohort of 3% yielders that's become a lot more attractive here. Stay tuned after the break for a list of my favorites. For now, all you need to know is that interest rates in the rest of the world are so low, you better believe ours can go lower. If only from pure panic they'll go lower. People flee into bonds as a safe haven. That puts downward pressure on those yields. Plus, here's a little reality check. Overall earnings have been quite good for all sorts of companies, both domestic and international, we just had a fabulous quarter from a live person and Afria, the pod company, and both are on tonight. You'll hear the stories. After the bell, we got a magnificent quarter from Kramer Fave Take-Two Interactive. That's Strauss Zelnick. That stock deserves to be higher. Sure, the stocks with overseas exposure might have more downside, but the domestic names are viable, and I think a lot of them are viable right now. Again, on a downtick. Don't pay up if the opening's up, please. I'll find you. Don't forget, the president is a mercurial man. If the Dow Jones Industrial Average keeps plummeting, oh, first he lashes out at Fed Chief Jay Powell's stewardship. I mean, that's an easy one, I hear Jay. Or he might leave some positive chatter about the trade negotiations with China. He just needs to tantalize, tantalize enough of Wall Street to make the panic stop. That could happen tomorrow if we were open down a lot. I mean, why not? I mean, what does he have to lose? Meanwhile, tons of stocks are down dramatically. Many are already down 10% from their highs. That's usually where I start to like to buy. Emphasis on the word start. You want to buy your shares gradually, in stages, so you can back up the truck if the market keeps rolling over. Not yet. Remember, the United States is a service-oriented economy, not a big exporter. So there's plenty of domestic stuff that works here. Of course, everything is obscured by the collapse of FANG, plus Microsoft in today, today's trading. But that's what panic looks like. Bottom line, I have to tell you again, nobody ever made a dime panicking. Take a deep breath. Keep your head. Remember that stocks get cheaper as they go lower if they're quality companies behind them. If you slowly buy the stocks of companies with great fundamentals, you'll be in good shape when the smoke clears. Am I promising that? Well, pretty close to it. Let's go to Glenn in California. Glenn! How are you doing, Jim Cramer? Hey, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you very much.
4: Yes, the reason why I'm calling is because uh, I own Microsoft stock and everything, and I know Microsoft is down at this moment. But Microsoft is targeted to hit hit, hit about $153 a share. Where do you see Microsoft in the next 6-12 months?
3: Well, let's understand this stock has had a remarkable move. Okay, It's a big cap stock, the biggest, and it's only down about, what, about 10 from its high? Let it come in. It is an expensive stock at this moment, but it's doing quite well. My take is that Microsoft is probably the best of the large caps to ride it out. They have very little China, and they're valued much more rigorously than, say, an Amazon is valued. Uh, That was a brilliant quarter. Satya Nadella shot the lights out. That's one to buy in the 120s, and I'll be pounding the table when it gets there. Let's go to Breanne in
0: California. Breanne. Hi, Mr. Kramer. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. I had a question regarding the tariffs and the federal rate cut, and if that What kind of effect that will have on Nucor? You have the CEO on not too long ago, and I bought some stock, and it's not been doing so well, so I'm wondering if it's a buy. Uh, Yeah, you
3: you don't want to cut and run Nucor. Nucor is a 3% yield. It's got a great balance sheet. It's going to be the winner's last man standing. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about recession here. I don't like that. I don't think it's reasonable, not with employment the way it is, not with the way the country's doing. Uh, Nucor is a great American manufacturer, maybe among the best, along with Boeing. I still put Boeing in that category. So I think that you're going to be fine. Uh, I actually think that below 50, you buy some. Let's go to Steve in California. Steve. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. I've been, I've been watching since Cuddle and Kramer days. Oh, Thanks man, you advice. know I was against China and uh, felt very strongly that we should have tariffs. Larry was the free trader. Isn't that something? What's going on? I know. My stock today is a biomed. I am down 30%. The stock cut a bid today in a terrible market. Should I, sell, should I sell it tomorrow, even if it continues to move higher, or should I hold it here? You know, I, I really felt that that was a terrible overreaction last week. And ABMD, which is, by the way, the stock is up the most from S&P 2000 to 3000. I guess it just felt like it kind of had it coming. I personally think that you did the right thing. This was the right level to, to um, I think this was the right level. And I think that saying that, I'm not sticking my neck out that much after what happened last week. On the worst day of 2019, it's... Important to remember to take a deep breath. And I'm not a Zen guy or a Zen desk guy for that matter. You could be doing some buying here, but remain careful. Don't buy a stock that's up. Let it, there's an up opening, ignore it. Let the market come down. Do not be over anxious We We'll have money tonight. On an agonizing day, I'm here to keep your eye on the prize. I'll go through the rubble and we'll find some opportunity for you. Then I wanna focus on something positive. Last week, afria reported a true blowout quarter that sent the shares up 41% in a single session. I want to know what these guys are doing right. And I've got the exclusive with the company's top exec. But first, I'm opening up the phone lines, Kramer. We're going to get through this together. We always do. If we got through 2009, this could be child's play. So call me and stick with Kramer.
4: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag mad tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743
3: CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnBC.com. I'm opening up the lines to hear from you, the voices of Kramer, because it's an uncertain time. I want to talk to you. Mr. Kramer, I just want to tell
1: you, you are absolutely, positively fantastic. Thanks for helping us not
3: panic in times like this. The average investor, which we all know and love, you cater to
5: us, and we appreciate that for all you teach us.
3: I am not going anywhere. You shouldn't either. We will get through this together. Kramer has your back. Call
4: 1-800-743-CNBC, and let's take on the market together.
3: We're going to figure this out. We'll puzzle it over, and we'll make it so that we're all smarter.
4: Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth.
3: Even if today's showing, the market remains a minefield. Like I told you at the top of the show, some companies will have their estimates cut this week, even if they just reported excellent quarters a few weeks ago. Other companies won't have their numbers cut, but are still suspect, even if they're entirely domestic. In other words, we don't really know where the landmines are, and we don't know which are going to go off. So what do we do? What do we know? Okay, we know that industrial companies with big businesses overseas, not just in China, will feel the pain of the trade war. And that's now escalated to the point where it will reverberate around the world, especially Germany. Where you better believe auto exports to China are about to take a big hit. That's going to hurt. Nearly every retailer will be hurt, too. Too many of them import their goods from China. And even with the Chinese devaluing their currency, the tariffs are going to eat into their numbers. Tech stocks will be innocent until proven guilty, even after today's selling. I'm sorry, guilty until proven innocent. I'll tell you what's the real problem here. The hardest hit techs will be the biggest ones, but not because they're tech. Facebook doesn't have China. Amazon is no China. Alphabet is no China. Microsoft, little China. OK, regardless of our actual exposure to the People's Republic, it doesn't matter because they've got the pull of the hedge funds selling the S&P and individuals panicking out of the stock mutual funds. We saw big selling in the software in the semis. People just presume they're guilty. I think there could be mo- more to go, especially with the high-flying cloud kings that I like so much. These stocks need to be left alone to fall some more because they're nowhere near where they were trading before the last round of tariffs went into effect. They all ran up dramatically when it turned out that the last round wasn't as hurtful as Wall Street and feared that's going to happen again. Remember, in harsh sell-offs like this one, you wait for stocks to go down and then you start picking among the rubble on the fifth day, searching for the ones that were punished for the wrong reasons. Given the heights from where we're falling from, you're not going to find many of these, but tomorrow should be the day you have to do. Got to do some buy this and buy from my chapel trust at the end of today. Just felt like you had to. What else? Bank stocks frequently get hit when there's bad news on the China front, even though the linkage is questionable, to say the least. Should JP Morgan stock really plummet here, the way when the company's buying back stock hand over fist and they just put an excellent quarter? Should Bank of America be punished? Should Bank of America? Should the big brokerages get hit like this, even though they tend to benefit from higher volatility? Why not buy some Citi? Don't sell it. You can be sure that CEO Michael Corbett is in there with you because it's selling below its tangible book value, where he might buy as much as 10% of the company. The drug stocks have become problematic at these levels, not many of them have big yields, so you're not getting much dividend protection. They're also easy targets for any of the Democrats running for president. Same goes for managed care names, which keep getting cheaper and cheaper. Isn't it painful? The fossil fuel is too cyclical, just like the industrials. If you're worried about a worldwide slowdown, these are the last stocks you want to own. So what's left when you take out retail, pharma, Tech, fossil fuels, industrials. What's actually safe to buy here if today's lacking. Let me give you some safe havens. You can own the utilities. I like Dominion, uh, which is letter D. I like PPL, the old Pennsylvania Power and Light. I like Verizon, just had a great recorder. I like ATT, 6% yield on those. That's a nice blend of stocks with yields ranging from 4.5 to 6, give or take. I wish American Electric Power had a bigger dividend, but you know what? The 3% yield won't cover you now because the stock has run so much. You can own domestic restaurants or even international chains as long as they don't have any exposure to China. The whole industry is benefiting from the increasingly aggressive competition in the online delivery space. DoorDash challenging Grubhub for market share. DoorDash just bought Square, uh, the delivery system the Caviar. And I think it was a brilliant move ahead of the company's IPO. The delivery platforms are too competitive, Uber Eats, Postmates. But that's good news for all sorts of restaurants. The easiest, Yum! Brands. Parent of KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza, just reported Fabulous Quarter last week. And they already spun off their Chinese business years ago as Yum! China. What else? How about Chipotle? Double-digit, same-store sales. Accelerating. No Chinese exposure. McDonald's and Starbucks are both going to be questioned here because of China. Assemble restaurant brands, do they have a thousand Burger Kings in the People's Republic? But not Chipotle. How about financial technology or FinTech, which had been the sexiest group in the market. Those got rocked today. I think FinTech may have actually run too much and now gone down too much. I'm betting there'll be great places to hide because they don't have much meaningful exposure to China. Then, of course, there's the group that performed remarkably well today, the defense contractors. The worse our relationship with China gets, the more attractive these stocks become. The one I like is L3 Harris, combination of L3 and Harris because it's the highest-tech defense contractor. The stock's still up a lot, but I think it's incredibly undervalued before uh, the run, so it's okay. On the other hand, Lockheed Martin, I don't know. Eh, It was tempting, but I think it's got downside. The gold stocks, they can work. Barrick Gold for value. Agnico Eagle for growth. I like them both, especially Agnico Eagle after what we heard from CEO Sean Boyd last week. Housing works. When long-term interest rates plummet like this, mortgages get cheaper, and that's good for the home builders. I like D.R. Horton and Lennar because they have starter homes. That's what's hot in the market. Finally, you can stick with the global food and beverage stocks uh, like when they yield more than three. I'm thinking about Coca-Cola and James Quincy. Remember, though, there is no hurry. Take your time. Don't try to be a hero. You need to buy small to start, and then again and again, and let's see what happens. Stick with Craig. I'm opening up the lines to hear from you, the voices of Craig America, because it's an uncertain time. I want to talk to you. Mr. Kramer, I just want to tell you, you are absolutely, positively fantastic. Thanks for helping us not panic in times like this. The average investor, which we all know and love, you cater to us, and
5: we appreciate that for all you teach us.
3: I am not going anywhere. You shouldn't either. We will get through this together. Kramer has your back. Call 1-800-743-CNBC and let's take on the market together. We're going to figure this out. We'll puzzle it over, and we'll make it so that we're all...
2: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own.
3: Yep, yeah, it's brutal there for the averages. All three indices suffering their worst declines of 2019. But remember, panic isn't a strategy. I got your back. So I'm opening the phone lines to help you navigate the sell-off and best position your portfolio. Remember, we have seen far worse than this. Why don't we start with John in Colorado. John. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Thanks for taking my call. Thrilled to have you. Rough day today, but I'm still hopeful. So uh, here's my question. I got into Square earlier this spring with the intention of holding it for a long time. Right. So I even helped through the June dip when it hit 60. So instead of dumping, I picked up more shares following uh, the earnings miss last week, thinking I was getting a bargain. Um, I do like their leadership, and I like uh, where they're going uh, with their um, cash-out business. But with the market really freaking out, uh, and the stock continuing to fall. I'm not sure what to do as a long-term well, I mean, I holder. Well, you're willing to be a long-term holder, right, of Square? Yes. They are doing yeah. many things right. They've got Square Cash. They just sold, I'll tell you, they just sold Caviar for more than $400 million, right. which was a brilliant move for both sides of the trade. I think this is a, a way to empower people who are small and medium-sized business. That is going to go on forever. I say you hold on, John, and this is one of those, when it goes to 55, if it goes there, consider it positive and buy more, but not before then, Okay. Okay. And right, thank thanks. you for calling in. All right, let's go to Eric in Michigan. Eric.
5: Hey, Jim. This is Eric calling from the Motor City. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, got a great, you. I uh, appreciate it. I got a question for you about a motor, in this case, the one and only Ford motor. I've been a long-time Ford stockholder, love those juicy dividends, but it's been a bumpy ride. Ford had a fantastic Q1 earnings beat, but Q2 was lower than forecast. But now the trade war has escalated. I'm wondering what the Q2 miss, the escalating tariffs, and trade war. Would you recommend holding or holding on Ford well, Motor?
3: Look, this is a stock that's very, it's down a lot. The, they've always said the dividend is sacrosanct. They've already kind of been blown out of China. Frankly, their numbers in China really badly. At this point, I'd rather hold on to it than sell it. I am not recommending anything related with auto in any way, shape, or form, though. So I don't want to say, "Hey, listen, people buy Ford. You're in it." I think you get a better price to sell it at. They have not delivered the way I'd like them to. How about Joseph in Pennsylvania? Joseph,
1: booyah, Jim. Hey, man, eighteen-year-old investor here uh, from your neck of the woods, Winmore. Hey, you recommended uh, Iron Mountain back in March. Want to say, man, thank you for recommending that. Already made eighty bucks in dividends. But anyway, today. What do you think about Exelon Corporation? It has a 3.26 dividend yield. Would this be a good purchase right now, especially
3: considering this China sell-off situation? Right, right. Well, first of all, uh, Joseph's from my hometown, just so you know. Uh, Exelon is the old Philly electric with ComEd. Uh, I think it's a very good one, but it yields only 3.2. It's like American Electric Power. They have come up so much in price that their yield's too small. So I recommend Dominion. I think Dominion represents a better buy. I would have said Duke Energy, too, not as well run. Exelon has really turned it around. Let's go with Tom Farrell from Dominion. That's letter D. I think it represents greater value. And thank you so much for calling. Kind of greater value, too. How about uh, Broad or Brody? Broad in New York. Broad. Hey, hey, I'm calling here from the big, broken Apple. Uh, calling on Luck Coffee, ticker LK. I wanted your take on it. Basically, it's a Chinese consumer tech coffee company. They had no stores back in 2017, but are up to about 4,500, or will be about by the end of 19. Uh, but they're pretty insulated from trade war, from the trade war going on. But they're trading down on these Chinese uh, head, uh, well, headlines I, I don't want to own anything. It's hard enough to own uh, Alibaba. I don't want to own Luckin. Luckin's been all over the place. Uh, That kind of expansion I find to be, uh, let's say, imprudent. uh, And I know Starbucks is up huge. I'm not going to tell you to sell Luckin to buy Starbucks. But I do feel that that they have gone way too far too fast. And I don't think that kind of growth is sustainable. How about we go to Joel in Iowa? Joel. Hi, Jim. Booyah.
0: Booyah. I just kind of was saying, going to say that I doubled down on Tellurian. Okay. And I I bought it seven twenty six first, and then
5: I doubled down at six dollars. If it goes to five dollars, should I double down again? All
3: right. Well, now remember. Uh, okay. Let me ask you. This. What's your What's your risk tolerance? Are you willing to uh, ride out a longer term situation that's not going to pop anytime soon?
0: Yeah. Right well, if, now, it's at 5% of my portfolio. How does that end? Okay, no, but
3: you know we don't want it to be any more than, like, 6 or 7. I mean, look, I like Sharif Suki very much. He's the chairman. At the same time, I completely recognize that this is one of those situations where you have so much execution risk in terms of having to build the trains, so much execution risk in terms of getting a lot of the clients, but they did just win a very big bid, a piece of business in Europe. So I think you're fine, but let's not take it more than 7%. It's too speculative. Let's go to Jeff in Hawaii. Jeff.
5: Aloha, Jim from beautiful Maui, Hawaii. My question for you today is about JD.com. Uh, being the Amazon.com of China, it seems like it's highly undervalued. I wondered if it was the, just the trade wars and the tariffs or, or if there was some other factors involved.
3: No, you got it. It's trade war and tariff. It and, uh, makes it somewhat uninvestable. Look, when people are flee- fleeing Amazon, I mean here we are Amazon at 1760 it was almost a 2000 it was a 2000 I think this is a, a terrific I'd, I'd rather see you in Amazon if it drops another 65 tomorrow maybe get it below 1700 that's a much better buy than J D much better buy and I want you to make that let's go to Joe in California Joe
4: Hi Jim uh, thank you for taking my call my question is in regards to Gilead Life Sciences they beat Q2 top and bottom line and they just raised their second half sales guidance They also announced a partnership with the European company, Galapagos, strengthening their enzyme research, which I'm thinking should also strengthen our future therapy pipeline. So uh, it's near a 52-week low. Is it time to buy?
3: Um, I'd rather if you want to buy a down and outer i I actually prefer you to be in Bristol Myers. So I say down and outer because the company has a lot of cash, They're doing a lot of good things, right? But it doesn't have it lacks a catalyst. At least with Bristol Myers, what you're going to get is a situation where Celgene is going to merge with Bristol, and uh, and Dr. Caforio is going to do a fantastic job. And I think that there you got a little three, three and better, similar yield, uh, better situation. All right, now let's just put everything in context. We didn't, didn't do enough about the broader here. Uh, This is not the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is not uh, your ATM not working in 2009. This is not the 1997, 1998 meltdowns from Russia and from uh, Korea. It is just the stock market going up a great deal. One country versus another. Others will be caught up. Japan tonight saying, listen, we're not gonna take this from the Chinese. If the Europeans stand up to the Chinese too, then I really think that that's what nobody's thinking about. Europe, Japan, United States. Rain or shine, America, I got your back. All right, we're going to get through this. Much more mad tonight. After a horrific day, it's key key to find the diamonds in the rough. I've got the exclusive with Afria. That's a stock that skyrocketed 41% in a single session. Who says you can't make money in the stock market? Uh, Then, live person may be down dramatically today, but it's still up 70% this year. Is today's action a buying opportunity? Let's sit down with the CEO and find out. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stick with Kramer. a horror show of a day. I want to focus on something positive. Regular viewers know that we've been worried about most of the marijuana stocks, okay? Now that Canada had legal weed for nearly a year, these companies are being judged by their numbers, not their bold plans for the future. And some of the numbers have been downright disappointing. But last week, we got some good news. AFRIA, one of major Canadian Products, uh, producers of medical-grade marijuana and consumer reported blowout quarter. I mean, really blowout. company delivered hugely better than expected sales, and their earnings for interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization actually came in positive. Even better, management gave extremely bullish guidance. In response to African stock skyrocketed you ready? Up 41% Friday. 41%. What did the market do for you? Well, it gave back a small fraction of that today. You still got a gigantic gain if you were smart enough to own this one, going to the quarter and spotting management ahead of time and what they're up to. We want to know what these guys are doing right that everybody else in the industry seems be doing wrong. So let's dig deeper with old friend of the show, Erwin Simon, the chairman and interim CEO of Afria, who you might remember as the chief executive who built Haynes Celestial into a natural and organic food powerhouse. He took over at Afria earlier this year uh, after the sudden departure of his predecessor, and it's clear he's hit the ground running. Mr. Simon, welcome back to May of Money. Oh, right, good to see you, sir. How you so nice to see, you. Nice good to see you. you. Good to be back. All right, so what are you doing right that the others aren't doing? Because this was a quarter that was like a consumer packaged goods quarter, not a pot
5: stock. Well, you know, number one is, Afria is a consumer packaged goods company. We have some great brands, you know, in regards to Soleil, Riff, and Broken Coast, and the Afria brand itself. And just putting those processes in place that a real company should have in place, and with that... Our grow was good, right. our processing was good, our margins were way up, our recreational sales were way up. So we had a good quarter. And, and just, you know, important is we're one of the first cannabis companies that really come out and gave guidance and projections for right. 2020. Your gross margins were extraordinary.
3: What are you working on actually getting the raw cost down? No one's really thinking about that.
5: So the thing about AFRI is this here. We have two and a half million you know, square feet of grow, and it was built around being a low-cost producer. And, you know, with that, I brought in some people to help me, and we put a lot of processes in place. We have over, you know, five and a half million plants, or 550,000 plants in our FRIA one. And then I've invited you up. We have something called a FRIA diamond, which is 1.3 million square feet, and all built around robotics, processing, and pretty exciting stuff.
3: And speaking of exciting, you've brought back someone... We all respect on the show Walter Robb who used to be running Whole
5: Foods. So Walter, who was running Whole Foods, is now has joined our board. And I saw Walter last week, um, who was at our board meeting. And you know Walter was tough on me, a lot of questions. And uh, as always, it, is. It, it, it's good to have Walter back on board and working with him. All right. So what's the difference between Hain and this company? So, listen, it's interesting because when I started Hain 25 years ago and the whole natural organic industry was just growing and, you know, we talk about beyond meats and the whole plant base, there's a lot of similarities there. And you think about it today, you know, the whole natural organic industry today is a $55 billion industry. And with this... The whole cannabis industry around the world is $150 billion in sales, okay? And you think about what happens in rec, what's happening in medical, what's happening in edibles, what happened in drinks. And I, you know, when leaving Hain after 25 years and, you know, building a great company, which it still is today, um, you know, cannabis was something that I was focused on because... I looked at it from a rec standpoint. I looked at it from a medical standpoint. I looked at it from food. I looked at it personal care, supplements, and vitamins. And and it's interesting, Jim, the calls I get today from adults, Irwin, how do I get this for sleep? How do I get it for pain? You know, how do I get it for anxiety? And there's so much research that continuously is coming out where it shows the benefit of cannabis.
3: Okay, so how much of your product is THC? How much of it doesn't have any THC? How much of it can be sold in the United States if you want it to be? I know that there are issues that you flag in your conference call. Just trying to see what the makeup is of what you're selling.
5: So right now, Afria does not sell anything in the U.S. We do no business in the U.S. Um, Canada is, you know, our biggest market. Um, both from rec and medical, and the big opportunity for us in Canada. There's a five billion dollar market out there, which products are sold into the illicit market, and taking that away from the illicit market and building your brands and building consumer confidence. And then there's a big, big market in the medical, you know, area. We also have a good sized business in Europe, um, which will continue to grow. We also are in the midst of building a greenhouse in Latin America, where there's 650 million people in Latin America. Now, outside the U.S. Europe, Latin America is all medical, and the opportunities there are just tremendous with that.
3: Why would anyone talk about THC? I mean, that's what you're with younger people when they're in Oregon and California. All they
5: want to know is whether it has 10% THC or 5%. But no executive will ever come on the show and talk about THC. But, But the thing is, Jim, why did Constellation Brands invest in Canopy? Why did Altria invest in Kronos? Because they're looking at that cannibalization of where THC and where cannabis is going to bite into sales. Listen, we know consumers are drinking less alcohol. Right, definitely. And more. you look at millennials today, it's more and more cannabis consumption out there. But the biggest opportunity, you know, Canada was smart being one of the first countries mm-hmm. to allow you know, recreational. The Canadian government has made a ton of money in tax dollars. And you think about it, you know, Afria today in Leamington employs over 1,100 people. What it's created in jobs, what it's created in construction. So it's a big, big, big industry. And not just, you know, you originally think about cannabis and, and smoking, whatever, but the benefits from it are tremendous.
3: Well, look, I got to tell you, Afria is now the leader. We know well,
5: that. Well, listen, we are the leader. We're, We're one leader of the leader. biggest growers. And again, you know, I
3: love Kronos, I love Canopy, they've come down a
5: lot. You're making money. We're making money, and we're going to make a lot of money next year. And you know the big thing? And that's the big thing. This industry used to be about who can get the right press release out. Not it's more. no longer about press release. Organic yeah. growth and making money. I and think rewarding right, your shareholders, Right Jim. now,
3: believe me, Constellation, Sam, we want that from Canopy. That's Erwin Simon. He's Fria's chairman and interim CEO. Interim. Well, you'll see. You know, all, all right. All right, man. Money's back. Get to the break. It's time! It's time for the light round of And then the light round is over. Are you ready, skate It's Time for the light round We're run over, start with Jimmy in New Jersey. Jimmy!
1: Jimbo! What's
3: up? Yo yo. All right, my uh, company is Dropbox, DBX. Now, look, Dropbox is doing Dropbox is doing incredibly well, but the stock is doing incredibly badly. And I think that that usually means that the twain do meet. And I think Dropbox under twenty would be a steal. Eric in Colorado, Eric.
5: Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I just started uh, participating in my uh, employer's uh, employee uh, stock option program and wanted your thoughts on Arthur J. Gallagher, AJ. That is a
3: very well run risk management insurance brokerage. I mean, really superior. And most people don't ever talk about it. I think that you had a great one there. I let it ride. Justin in Florida, Justin.
1: Booyah, Jim. Giving you a call here live from Bliss Garden. Sorry for the excess noise here, Tampa, Florida. Can't beat that. Uh, Yes, sir. Can't beat it at all. Giving you a call though about FANG, F A N G, Diamondback
4: Energy. Oh, Diamondback no, No,
3: we don't want to buy, I'm, I'm telling you, I have sour on the fossil. After what happened with Concha last week, I've really had it. The uh, fossil fuel stocks are all for sale, and that's one that is for sale too. Let's go to Walter in Illinois. Walter. Oh, yeah, Jim. Thanks but, to you and your staff for all you do for staff us. Staff makes me look good every day. Well, one of my best investments was my Action Alerts membership. Oh, thank you. The club lives! The club lives. Thank you. My
4: question is about Starwood uh, Trust.
3: Right. I built up a nice position,
4: and with interest rates going down so sharply and Starwood have most of their
2: portfolio with adjustable rate loans. Is there a risk there to the share price and the
1: dividend?
3: Well, that's what people are thinking, but I'm, I put my faith in Barry Stern like any day. I think that that's a very good situation, 8% uh, yield because a lot of people are scared. I believe in Barry, and I am wel- welcome Barry on any day of the week. He was really very compelling when he was on last talking about the company. Let's go to Alex in California. Alex. Good Monday, massacre! Booyah to you, Dr. Kramer. Well, it's a tough day. What's up, Jim? I've been watching you since Podlo and Kramer days, and I still remember the coin toss by the referee
2: to decide whose name goes first.
3: Well, that's why it was K and C. I, if we just done alphabetical, which is what, by the way. I, let me tell you, Larry was well. Larry was game for alphabetical. Do we get a stock?
2: Uh, my, yes. My question is this: Is the dividend safe on Occidental Petroleum?
3: I think the company would say the dividend is safe. I don't like the fact that they paid a huge huge coupon to, to Warren Buffett. That was a mistake. And I've got to tell you also, every oil company is collapsing. So a 6.3% yield for Oxy will not protect shareholders. Michael in Florida. Michael. Hi,
4: Jim. Calling today about
3: Blackstone, figure BX. What's your take on that Yeah, stock? that stock is really getting shelled. It yields four. I know that Stephanie Link likes it a lot. I say uh, to start here is not a bad move. Not a bad move to start position. I think that's okay. How about Paulette in Louisiana? Hi, right,
5: Jim. Yeah, thanks for taking
3: my call. Of course. My stock is Phillips 66 Partners. That's you cool. know, that yields six and they can pay it. I think they can pay it. So that's of interest to me. I, I don't like the fossil, but that at six, with the six percent yield, is a lot safer than some of the others, believe me. Let's go to George in Michigan. George.
2: Well, oh, yeah, I didn't. Jim, my wife is a long-time listener, and I'm an Action Alerts member.
4: Thank you. My question is, my question is about a, a
2: company that seemed to be doing good, reported great earnings, Intuitive Surgical
3: Inc. They did report a great quarter. I mean, people turned to. It's like watch Medtronic. Medtronic did a really good job, and that stock's going to come under pressure. ISRG is a good situation. It's people just are scared of big dollar stocks, and that, ladies and gentlemen, push it up the. Lightning Round!
4: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
3: This was a horrifying day to own stocks, but I can offer you one consolation here. It's the panic is predictable. And now Treasury has officially designated China a currency manipulator, which, by the way, shouldn't be that shocking to you. It's going to send stocks down again. Now, whenever we have one of these brutal sell-offs, the same things tend to happen, regardless of what caused the problem in the first place. For example, in a market-wide meltdown like we're having right now, people sell their biggest winners. Suddenly, nobody wants to let their gains ride. They want to take profits everywhere. And that's why so many of the cloud stocks got obliterated today. Hey, Live Person LPSN is a software company that uses artificial intelligence to help other businesses handle customer relationship management. Their tech lets you make bots that can talk to your customers directly via text. In other words, they're automating what were once expensive customer service jobs and that saves their clients a fortune. We know Live Person is in. Good shape because the company reported a strong quarter just last Wednesday. But because the stock had run up so dramatically, this thing saw up roughly 70% for the year, it got steamrolled today, down nearly eight percent. Live person is not going to get hurt by the Chinese yuan valuation. It's just a textbook example of what people sell when the market rolls over. I wouldn't be surprised if it can go even lower. However, the fundamentals are sound and at some point this will become a buying opportunity. Let's check in with Rob Lucasio. He's the founder and CEO of Live Person. Mr. Locascio, welcome to Man Money. Okay, I think when
1: What do your shoes say? Hold? Hold no more. Hold no no more. more. (laughs) Try to get rid of hold. Hold no (laughs) more. got on my shoes. I
3: love that I was going to ask you. I read a Wall Street Journal piece this weekend. Everyone hates customer service. This is why. I don't know if you got it, but Uh, you guys are the antidote. Would you call that? Yeah,
1: we're ready to get rid of this. This is like the end. We're going to have a message. No more on hold. All that's going. So I'm so enthused I put it on my shoes. Well, I I like that. Get rid of it. All
3: right. So this quarter was a quarter that people don't understand. Rob's been in business since 1995. There are a lot of companies that have come public in the last three or four years, and they're losing fortunes, and they get a little bit of inflection up, and everyone's congratulating themselves. Talk to me about your journey, because it's really extraordinary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I invented Chad in 1997, took the company public in 2000, went through survival in 2001, and five years ago, just really reinvented the company and got focused on AI, bots, and automation, and there are a lot of naysayers along the way. I mean, our stock got crushed as we went through the transition. But today, we're at an all-time high as of actually right. today. not well, uh, personally. No, today. <laughs> but it's like, but we just had an amazing quarter, had our biggest bookings in our history. We signed more deals in Q2 than we did all of last year. It That's just incredible. Been, it's been I wish people just, knew
3: yeah. how important this is. That is a highly unusual thing that happened to you this quarter. It, and you obviously made
1: it very clear in the conference call, the pipeline is huge, too big to handle. And we had to pull investment forward. It's so big, where we were like, we got to add more salespeople, more product. So when you look at the excitement in the market today, we were after the 800 number. Get rid of the 800 number, have it that people can message brands like Delta right. and all this. But now we're seeing apps. Like we, we just signed one of the biggest restaurants in the country. So instead of walking in, waiting online to order a salad or whatever, you can message in to a bot. It's there, pick it up. We're changing even the way apps are being done, websites are like, the addressable market is just getting bigger for us. One of the
3: things that you said on the conference call is that millennials don't like to talk. They like to message. This is the millennial customer service program.
1: Millennials are the largest segment in the United States today of a population. They don't call. They're not looking to go into a store. Right, what they want to do is they want a message like they're messaging their friends and family, right. like they're on social on Instagram, and we're bringing all that to every brand, and that's the way the consumers want to do it. They're driving the demand, but right. I mean, it's beyond that; they drive the behavior of all of us.
3: But some of the companies that are really unbelievable customer relations, Home Depot. Yes, thank you. Delta is a really important marquee client. This went live. But the most one, T-Mobile. Yeah, unbelievable customer service, and you're part of that. Hey, Leisure would never pick you unless he felt that you would never keep people on hold. And, and anger people.
1: Exactly. And we pioneered this about two years ago with T-Mobile. They said, look, we're not a carrier. And every carrier puts people on hold and tells them to call the number. We don't want to do that anymore. We want our customers to message in, be connected to one of our agents, have that relationship that makes us really unique as a brand, and be proactive with our customers. And that's what we do with our Maven AI and with our platform as a whole.
3: Okay, so there are. let me ask you something. We had Zendesk on. Are you friend of me with Zendesk? Because they do customer service, but I know you can get it within live person, but I think they would tell me, listen, we're we're right up against
1: them. I don't see them as a competitor. Okay, good. We're really on the messaging space. We're looking at transforming conversational commerce, which is a much larger play than doing, let's say, email or FAQs. We're doing a, a transformation of Delta. We're doing a transformation of Home Depot. We're not doing a channel of communication. Right, right. It's about how do we make the whole retail experience digital? How do we create that people who work in the retail stores can message customers before they come in? That's the type of thing we're doing. Okay, so what
3: happened? You're in your office. You've got a certain amount of budget for salespeople. You're pretty much business as usual. And then suddenly what, tip? what made it from a, a trickle to a waterfall?
1: It's basically execution. When we look at the demand in the market, the, the idea of an 800 number, all of that, our sales guys were out there and basically I couldn't believe this. Sales pipeline grew 120% year over year. So we saw this all happen in Q2, and we're like, we got to add more people. Our sales guys are like, we need more people. We right. can't handle the demand we have in the market today for, for conversational commerce for our platform.
3: All right, last thing there is, I know it's hard to talk about Apple, but you do talk openly about Apple as a, a, a relationship. Yes. That seems to be, got to be
1: the best of all. Apple just announced that basically on your iPhone, when you go to click on a phone number, it says call, but come Q3, come Q4, it's going to say message. Isn't that great? So imagine you don't even have to dial and be put on hold. You just click on a phone number, and you go straight to iMessage, and you're messaging Home Depot, cool. T-Mobile, right from there. It's exciting. They're going to help drive this thing even bigger.
3: I was with my millennial daughter this weekend. I don't like to talk anymore on the phone. She can't. She's in another room. She's texting Testing. I mean, like, come downstairs. Okay. It's okay. Anyway, that's Pablo Casio. He's the founder and CEO of LivePerson. I am very proud of the journey because I remember when you started and you never quit. (laughs) You never quit. Stay with Kramer. Thanks, buddy. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you, right here at Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. See you tomorrow.